When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. And Judd Zolgad is fresh off of a trip to mandatory Vikings minicamp. Yeah, mandatory tough. for reporters, too, okay? You can't, you can't just drop in when you feel like it week one without having observed OTA's minicamp. You got to get your ass out. You got you to get your uh, reporting muscles in shape, too, for the season. All the great ones were there. Chris Long, Joe Schmidt. All the great ones. Oh, all of five. Shot. This is Purple Daily. A little bonus episode for you guys on this Tuesday, presented by our friends at Surly Brewing Company and at TCL TVs. No matter what you watch, TCL has award-winning TVs for any budget, any space, all with stunning picture quality. And TCL makes more than just TVs. They offer mobile products, audio devices, home appliances. TCL.com to learn more. So, okay, how many? We're going to go through Judd's minicamp observations here. How many do we have? Do we have three? Do we have 20? No, no, we got about, uh, I think we got about five or six, okay. some in depth and probably w- worthy of an in depth discussion and some just observations, like the fact that PJ Fleck was there for part of the practice today, watching the practice. Is that is that going to be an observation or are you no, just throwing that I mean, out as, just, a, as there's an appetizer? There's lots of stuff. There's lots of stuff to get to. That's an appetizer. That's just like, uh, that's like a little side of nachos. Or what was, what was PJ day. doing? Was he, was he, he was like, watching intently. He was like on the practice field. Um, Looked like he was almost coaching, but he wasn't. Um, he wasn't trying to give instruction. But yeah, he was. He was clearly involved in trying to uh, see what the Vikings were doing on, on the offensive side of the football, which is not a bad thing considering he himself is a very important part of the Gophers' offensive game plan. In running the ball seventy percent of the time, running the ball more than Army yeah. than, than every school except for Army, Navy, and the Air Force, I believe, you know, percentage wise last year. You know who knows? Sean Mannion might have, um, or I'm sorry, Sean Mannion, Kevin O'Connell wow. might might have a big. I do want to talk Put about some Sean. respect on the name. Sean, Sean's been in my thoughts because of <laughs> of what I saw, and this is a tease. I'll get to that, but Kevin okay, O'Connell. I, I happen to uh, drop Sean Mannion's name in random casual conversations too, just name. in my daily life. I just was watching him a lot. His love of uh, throwing the football might uh, might translate to PJ Fleck. <laughs> you never know. So right, we're going to go through Judd's mini camp observations here. Uh, are we starting at five or are we starting at one? No, How do you want to count? One. These? I think okay. we're going to start at one. I think we're going to get to the main course first and then just continue to to um, um, go down from there. But. Uh, Let's start at one. Let's start okay. with the most intriguing thing. Okay. Maestro? Oh, you want me to do it? So Declan's in his home studio. We're, we're at home. So I... I, I, oh, the, I, thought, the, I Declan's in an echo chamber home studio yeah, right now. Oh, I thought Phil could do it. Does this look like Score North behind me? 
Um, here, no, I no, can, no. I, I do have, I, I, I do have your music. Okay, here we go. You. All right, you ready? This is, these are, by the this way, if, you're, if you are hanging out with us on the Purple Daily YouTube channel where we are doing a live episode right now, please click the subscribe button and the like button so we can spread the word about this awesome community of Vikings fans. You guys are helping us build here. There Thank you go. very much. Is that good? See? How's the volume on that? that was good? Tough. Dex, fantastic. volume okay here? Just a, just a smudge down. Bring it down a little bit? Just a little bit. What if I what if I bring it up? Drown us out. <laughs> Dude, I'm not going to. It's 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 go time, okay? It's National Football League time. All right, we good here? Are we good? Yes, okay. perfect. Observation, right, here observation number one, post-practice. Um, the Vikings now have uh, a coach who was with the Packers and is actually, I think, uh, pretty tight with Zadarius Smith. His name is Mike Smith. He is listed as the outside linebackers coach and pass rush specialist coach. And he was talking about, um, he's very open, very interesting responses. And he was talking about the plan for, for Zadarius Smith, but also probably just, or more importantly, Daniil Hunter, who now officially on the roster is listed as an OLB. He's an OLB, no longer a DE. Outside linebacker. And Daniil Hunter, according to Mike Smith, is going, and this is to be applauded. Vikings fans are going to love this. But I thought it was intriguing. Mike Smith talked about the fact that, first of all, um, Daniil has taken to this defense, 3-4 base defense, really well. Second of all, that the Vikings are going to look for and exploit matchups for Zadarius and Daniil. But most importantly, what does that mean? That means that Daniil Hunter is going to be moving around, and the one thing that they would really like, and I think that they will get, is to get Daniil Hunter lined up against guards at times. Because, you know, tackles are athletes. Inject this into my veins. Tackles are athletes. You can push those idiot guards. You can just push them right over. Exactly. Exactly. So I I think that that Mike Smith's point was, you know, what you've been seeing happen to your guards here for the last X amount of years, (laughs) there's no reason why Daniil Hunter can't do that to opposing guards. And so I don't know, but, I mean, if that is the truth, I find that to be an extremely interesting, intriguing potential use of a guy who, keywords, if he's healthy, uh, is a Pro Bowl defensive end going against some good right tackles. Imagine if you get him matched up against guards, centers at times. I don't know. But the other thing, too, and the last part of this that really intrigues me is this is where Kevin O'Connell's thoughts on offense translate to defense too, because just like with Jefferson and in trying to deduct pre-snap how to get the best matchups for Justin, Daniil Hunter, if you shift him around, you're going to do the same thing. You're going to cause the opposing offense confusion, and you're going to find the times that you can put good old 99 in favorable matchups. The point being, this has a lot of potential. So, okay, so just to, to recap here. So, Zadarius Smith and Daniil Hunter are both listed as OLBs. Yes. That's what you're I, saying? And I believe Daniil, when we started, if I'm not mistaken, when we started OTAs, he was still a defensive end. Zadarius uh, Smith has been an OLB the whole time. But they've now taken all of those guys 
that were defensive ends, and we are now considering them three, four outside linebackers. Is there like a ceremony that you have when you you, you finally get to take your hand out of the grass? You, the, it, you've graduated from having your hand in the grass to being in a in two fact, point you know what? OLB stance. You know what? Dated June first of two thousand twenty-two. Okay, I don't know if I can. Get that was the christening of the OLB. No, no, that's Daniel Hunter. See him right there. What are those D- handwritten notes? Ed the, Ingram. Did uh, I say Ed Ingram? No, Wyatt Davis. Yeah, that's Ed there's Ingram. an Ed Ingram. Good eyes, Declan. Um, like, um, you don't even have your glasses is, on. No, I don't. I can't even read my, my last one. But anyway, he is <laughs> Daniel Hunter is listed as a defensive end on this sheet. Now this is scrib- scribbling in code. This is me, Aki Doe, the Cobra Kai. This is what this yeah. is. <laughs> Let's fast forward to June 6th, which is today, I believe. Daniel Hunter, OLB. So, Phil, to your point, it's happened. I love this. It's happened. It's taken place. This is the best way to sort of play the chess game. So, And they're going to run a 3-4 base, but they're not just going to be stuck in 3-4. So from what you can tell so far, who's the Vikings front seven right now? Who's got their hand in the dirt? So we got we got Zadarius Smith and Daniel Hunter who are OLBs, but then you got... So so are your linebackers officially Daniel Hunter, Zadarius Smith, Eric Kendricks, Jordan Hicks? Yes. Yes, and sir. then you've got Dalvin Tomlinson, Harrison Phillips, yep, DJ Wanham. Um, let's see here. I have, I wrote this down today. I have uh, Tomlinson. I have Phillips, and yes, what? So I think what they're going to do too is mix guys in there. Now, here's the follow up to that point, though, and this is what's also intriguing, according to Mike Smith, and the. This guy actually got raves in the in these same camps last year. Third round pick Patrick Jones, the second, formerly a DE, now an OLB. Um, Mike Smith said that this guy has the quickest get off of anyone. Uh. So do not be surprised if Patrick Jones, the second, a third round pick in twenty one out of Pittsburgh, figures in as well. And I was told during the OTAs and and minicamp last year that there were some Vikings officials who loved him. And then he played some, but I mean, you know, again, that draft class was so lost in the shuffle of all the acrimony that I can't really tell you. But the point is, I think that there's real potential here now um, for Patrick Jones II to also have a role here. Love it. Uh, Ray Reef chimes in on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, rooting for the guy who negotiated himself a $250 sign-on bonus. Did you guys see that story? Yes. No. Was that one of the Vikings' undrafted free agents? Or yes, was that... it was, uh, let's see here, Therese Stevenson. <laughs> is that what this is? The Vikings are like, uh, we'll give you 100 bucks. And he's like, make it 250 And I'm in. <laughs> I gotta go. I'm, to, I'm in for off-season workouts. I gotta go to Red Lobster. Throw, throw, yeah, throwing a gift card to Olive Throwing Garden. Those Cheddar yeah. Bay biscuits, and I'm all in. All right, uh, so that's that's a really interesting first observation. Just the, the way that they're using Daniel Hunter as an OLB officially chess piece. I'll throw one thing in before we get to the other yeah. observations here too. Of course. I think it's kind of funny all the discussions going back to okay, Mike Zimmer gets fired, Daniel Hunter. For the second straight offseason, there's some contract issues they have to work through. And then the third thing was, is he even really going to want to play a 3-4 defense, right? Like, he's a 4-3 guy. He's used to being a hand-in-the-dirt edge rusher Mm -hmm. in a 4-3 defense. Is he even going to 
be open-minded to playing in a 3-4. And it sounds like, and again, this is the, you know, the Vikings coaching staff is, they're going to pump his tires. But I think even in some of the clips you see from him just on Viking social media, and you know, I'm sure you've observed at practice, he just looks like a different guy. He looks, it looks like Zadarius Smith's personality is kind of rubbing off on him and he's having fun. And the fact that he's open-minded to this and having fun, super huge bonus, I guess, for the Vikings. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, yeah, but so this is going to, though, be the first time that we have, I think, consistently seen guys like like Hunter move around as well. And this is going to if this works as planned, I will say this. There's going to be one big question and it's too late now. Um, But I think if this works as planned, the big question in retrospect will be this. What if they had done this with Anthony Barr? Yeah, it's four years ago. Like it's too late now. But you know, this was what we always sort of said. What if you played a, a three four base and allowed him to rush and move? That's the one thing that I could never get. The two thousand nineteen playoff win against the Saints, which is I believe the last great job that Mike did coaching. When they moved Hunter and Griffin inside. It was genius because now you've got these two guys that are just fantastic lined up against the center and guards. And again, guards guards now are good, but they ain't tackles athletically, right? And that was so exploited and so smart that I think we all said, right, yeah, that, that's what you got to do, right? Move guys around. This has the opportunity, I think, to create matchup nightmares for opposing offense. Yes, and matchup nightmares on the road. Places like Miami in October, for instance. Uh, oh, that reminds me. Yep. Purple Daily is feeling generous here during the month of June. And so we're giving away a trip for two to see Minnesota in Miami week six. We'll cover the tickets. We'll cover the travel cost. All you have to do is you know, just bring yourself and a friend. Bring some face paint or whatever. Uh, all you have to do to enter is open the Score North app. Download it if you don't have it already. Open it up register and enter through listener rewards and at the end of the month we'll draw somebody will win there it is Declan showing it on the screen here for the YouTube audience the purple daily getaway to Miami middle of October great time to throw on some linen pants and put on some purple face paint so check it out score north app also a shout out to our friends at Livia where Judd has kept the weight off for months and months now if you want to look like Bradley Cooper as Judd has morphed into People are saying you look like a young like a young version of Kirk's dad or like an right. older version of Kirk himself. I'm going to show you something, okay? So I found this I found this on Saturday, tweeted it out and I got like 18 notes back saying you look just like Kirk. This is me at 18. <laughs> look at you look at you. <laughs> this is me at 18. And then I just saw a note that said now I look like Kirk's dad. So that might be why Kirk and I look at that. Look at that. Bush Stadium where, right there, folks. Okay. Wow, Bush this is Stadium. in St. Louis. Yes, yes. But that's me at 18. And I, I seriously got like a bunch of notes back saying, you look just like Kirk. I don't know if I look like Kirk. But, uh, handsome, but yes. Handsome guy, man. Handsome guy. Much. White teeth. No, I'm saying Kirk is. You, you got a ways to go still. Uh, Livia is helping quite a bit, though. Yes, uh, down 40 pounds. And, and here's the most important thing, keeping it off. And look. The thing about this is we've all lost weight, right? But the most important thing then is to can you maintain the weight loss? And that has been what I'm 
doing, and I want to share this plan with you now. Their new Simple Start plan, only $59. You get one-on-one personalized and guided support online or in person from the Livia team of experts. How do you do it? 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia, L-I-V-E-A.com. And I'm telling you right now, if I can drop 40 pounds and keep the weight off, guess what? So can you. So check them out today. Livia.com, L-I-V-E-A, Livia Weight Control Centers. It is your ticket to looking good, feeling good, and getting all those clothes that don't fit right now to fit within a few months. Easy as can be. All right. Observation from mandatory minicamp number two. All right. Let's talk about quarterbacks. Um, You know, Kirk's the starter here, so that's that's that. But I want to talk about backup quarterbacks because I believe after I went to an OT, I think OTA one and, and came up with observations from that, you guys, that I said, I'm a little bit unclear here. Like Mond's getting some snaps and it seems like Mond and Mannion are sharing some snaps. And could we have, could we have a battle, a battle Royale for the backup quarterback position with the Vikings? From what I saw today, the answer to that question is 1000% no. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, Mannion appears to be set as the second guy, hmm. no questions asked. And now, could that change in training camp? Absolutely. But here's where I'm a little bit surprised. I'm a little bit surprised that there's that I felt that there was that much clarity in the backup because KOC is very smart and like he's a smart offensive guy. Um, and I don't know if this means that they're not enthralled with what they've seen from Mond. I don't know if this means that Cousins is influencing this a little bit because he and Mannion are tight. Um, I expected it to be a little bit more uncertain about how the depth chart looked going into training camp, but to me, there's no question. It's Kirk one, Sean Mannion two, Kellen Mond three. Okay. Well, God, there's a lot to unpack here. The Kirk influence is is a thing, right? Whatever makes Kirk comfortable, but I, but as long as Mannion is in the room. I don't know why he would need to be the number two quarterback to make Kirk feel comfortable, right? As long as if, if Kirk likes having Mannion in the room, studying film with him, guy to bounce ideas off of, yep. why does it matter if he's second or third on the on the depth chart? He's on the sidelines, like he's he's around. This is now the second camp for Kellen Mond. He's a four year starter who made what forty eight, almost fifty starts in the SEC, and so it wasn't like he was underdeveloped or. You know, he only started for one year, and so he's raw. He came in as one of the most experienced quarterbacks you're ever going to find in the best conference in college football, and now he's just third solidly behind Sean Mannion on the depth chart? I don't know. I don't want to overreact here because I'd like to see the preseason play out. And, Agreed. And maybe they're making him, much like some of the rookies from this year's class, just earn his way up the ladder throughout the offseason process. I'd like to see what he looks like in preseason games, but if he can't climb Sean Mannion in year two... I think you can probably uh, flush the idea of him being around long-term as a potential successor to Kirk Cousins. Yeah, and as was uh, pointed out to me today while observing the team drills, too, if if you're Quazy and O'Connell and the offensive staff, and you clearly sat down months ago now and watched every 2021 game, and you watch that Packers game, and you think that Mannion should start, um, I don't think you've got a backup. <laughs> like, like you've got a friend of Kirk. Yeah. But, but I mean that that game in Green Bay, I was I thought at going into that game that Manu could run a game. Like that's what I thought. 
that game in, against Packers was absolutely a debacle. So, look, if Kirk gets hurt, they're probably done. So, it, it, to your point, it's not like this, this, oh, my God, they're screwing things up. But I am a little bit surprised that with Mon's, um, with Mon's experience and now going into year two, that it didn't look like more of a battle. Now, things could change tomorrow, and they certainly could change in training camp. But I just found that intriguing. And I'm not ripping you when you say this because this is something that teams say and the Vikings have said, that we just we need a backup that we can trust to just run the offense. That's what I said last year, yeah. Okay, well, he can't. Like, what, what does right. run the offense mean? So he can like, – there's the spitting out of the actual play. Okay, that's the start of it. But, no, you need someone in today's NFL to make plays. Mm-hmm. And so if Sean Mannion can't actually make plays, drop back, throw for 250 yards – throw for touchdowns, like drive the ball down the field, he shouldn't be the backup quarterback. If Kellen Mond can't either, then you need to go find at some point someone. You know, Kirk, That's the one thing about Kirk. He's been so reliably healthy throughout his career that you kind of take it for granted that, oh, whatever, who cares who the backup is? Kirk's always healthy. Well, you're you're one hit away all the time. You know, Brett, Brett Favre was always healthy in, until 2010. He got knocked out cold against uh, the Chicago Bears. Now, he was also like 39 years old. That season had gone completely down the crapper, but I don't think you can just assume health. Oh, he's going to play 17 games, so it doesn't matter who the backup is. Right. There's got, and not that there's a bunch of dudes just sitting out there without a job right now, too. Like the ship has kind of sailed on finding a quality backup, but yep. if there's anyone available at any point between now and the first week that can step in and actually help you score points in a game more than Mannion or Mon, they should explore that at some point. Yes. And, and if Mon is truly going to come out of camp, and go into the Packers game at three, then it's probably done. Like, like he, he's had a, a year now. He can work on uh, – so, yeah, that's – I just thought that they, they would actually wage – and they still might a little bit more of a competition. Uh, and real quick, Anders Swanson Lane chimes in in the comment no, section on YouTube. No. Could KOC be no. the emergency backup? <laughs> Third round pick by the Patriots, total bust. He certainly could not. Four seven. Can you be a bust if you're a wheels. third round? He ran a what a four seven? Yeah, he ran a yeah. Oh, and he's 40. a big guy, yeah. but I mean he he washed out like Mond. Right, Can you be a bust nice. if you're a third round well, pick though? Bust is not fair. He was a failure. And right now, Mond could be on track to be a failure. And maybe a head know. coach, maybe a head coach something. And maybe KLC, coaching's in his Seems future. like a great guy, but I mean I gotta call a space babe. Yeah. All right. Observation number three. There are, according to my depth chart here, twelve wide receivers at the mini camp, okay? But two are out. Um, we, we talked about this last week in OTA observations. Amir Smith-Marset continues to wear a walking boot. O'Connell said last Tuesday that he is uh, done for the off-season program, should be set for the beginning of training camp. We'll see on that one. Um, somewhat surprisingly, because it was teased that he might be able to take part in, in, in this camp after being out for at least the last OTAs that we were allowed into, K.J. Osborne remains out. Now, he's walking fine. He looks fine. He's not saying what's wrong with him, so I'm not quite sure. Uh, But this actually does present a couple of interesting opportunities. Uh, B.C. Johnson continues to get run coming off, I believe it was an ACL last training camp, with the first team. The other guy, and I think this was with the second team today, but uh, a guy that made a nice catch, and I think that this team might be pretty high on eventually here. This year, sixth-round pick, Jalen Naylor from Michigan State. He made a really nice grab. Um, 
I don't know if this guy can make it through to the 53-man active roster, practice squad guy, if he can obviously gets cut at the end of training camp and clears waivers. The point being, though, I think this isn't a kid to keep an eye on because we've certainly talked about this before. Wide receivers who go in the first round should be absolutely outstanding, but you can find them elsewhere, right? Like, it's not one of those ones where, like, oh, it's a sixth round. It's a sixth-round QB. He's probably going to stink. Um, So I find it intriguing, interesting, and keep an eye on, in fact, I'll find him, number 83, Michigan State kid, Jalen Naylor, I think, might have some potential here. Yeah, we kind of talked about, you know, a lot of this depends on how many receivers they're going to keep. Is it going to be five or six? That's sort of the most teams keep five or six. And the sixth guy would be a punt returner or something. And so J.J. is in, Adam's in, K.J. Osborne's in. Those are three locks. Smith-Marset is in if he's healthy, and they're saying he's going to be healthy for training camp. I, unless I'm wrong, I don't, I don't see a world in which they just cut a guy who's got that kind of speed and no. downfield ability. Definitely not. So that would leave one or two spots for Naylor, Albert Wilson, the veteran they just signed. I don't, I don't know, but I think he's probably a camp body. I don't think he's going to make it. I mean, they gave him, they gave him basically no signing bonus, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's going to. And then BC Johnson, I, I think, I think so. JJ Adam, KJ Smith, Marset, and then if I'm going to if I'm going to power rank the other receivers, that's right. I'm going to power rank Whoa. the other receivers for you right here. You're doing it? I think okay. Naylor might be number one. Okay. Because he was a guy that this regime identified. Like, he's not a seventh-round pick. He's not a first-round pick, but they identified him and said, let's add this guy to an offensive system we're building here. And then uh, the name escapes me, but is it Hannigan or Hennigan? The Appalachian State, or Appalachian State is what Thomas the, Hennigan. The, the Easterners are telling me. State. Yes. Ap- Yes. So he, the Vikings he have very, very few guys who can actually return punts, if any, on their roster. And he had like 60 or 70 punt returns. He was very good at it at Appalachian State. Okay. So I think he might actually be two. And then I would probably put Albert Wilson third and B.C. Johnson fourth on that list. The B.C. thing's tough. He got hurt. He was a seventh-round pick. He flashed for a couple weeks, like three years ago, but I don't know. So, I don't know if I see it. I don't disagree with your rankings, but I will say this. If Kirk has the influence that Kirk m- might have, I do think BC's a guy he really likes. Could be. And I'm just telling you, like, because I, I don't disagree with your assessment. And at the end of the day, if Kirk Cousins steps into Kevin O'Connell's office or Quasi's office and says, guys, listen, I'm not going to sit here and play hardball like Aaron. I'm not going to go public and rip the franchise like Aaron Rodgers does with personnel moves. But uh, for that 53rd spot... I trust BC. Yep. Okay. All right. If that makes you comfortable, then it's BC over uh, Jalen Naylor or something, I guess. Oh. So, all right. Observation number four. Offensive line time. Offensive line. Let's get We're it. getting into meat and potatoes. We are going to get into blocking. We're going to get into grunting. All right. The first offensive line that I saw today, and Ugh. this is shifting <clears throat> around a little bit. Mm. Ah. Ugh. It doesn't sound like you guys are blocking right now, by the way. Um, <laughs> well, num- there's a blockage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd like to apologize to all of you out there. Uh, number 73 started at right guard, Jesse Davis. Uh, but what here's so he's battling it out with Chris Reed, right? A couple of vets. That's cool. That's good. I want to get into the second team line, though, that I saw to start off with today. 
because I think this is where it's not that these guys are going to necessarily uh, start or play a big role, but there's one very interesting thing here. All right, the second team offensive line, left to right, left tackle, Blake Brandle. Uh, right guard is number 68, Kyle Hinton. Wait, let's, now, I'm sorry. Are we on the right side or left side here? Left side. Left side. So, okay, so left guard I'm, is... I'm sorry, left guard. I, I think I said a right guard. Yes, the left guard is number 68, Kyle Hinton. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, here's what's interesting. The second team center today was Chris Reed. Yeah, and again, that's very interesting. Keep in mind, he's going, he is also competing for the first team starting right guard job with Jesse Davis. Or but is the, he? But the, right, exactly. And that's the question. And and the offensive line coach said after practice today, talked about, hey, when training camp comes, these things are, are going to uh, sort themselves out. Because right now, it 1,000% looks like Garrett Bradbury is being gifted the starting job. But is he? So that's really intriguing here that that we're starting to see them ramping up to Chris Reed getting snaps at center. This is how it starts. Correct. You wouldn't just throw him in during June off-season workouts and say, okay, we're going to rotate snaps at center. You'd throw him in with the second teamers, see how he does, how does he lead, you know, how does he call things out the line of scrimmage. Amen. And then Garrett Bradbury, I think it's Bradbury's job to lose. I don't I don't I think if, yeah, if he plays agreed. well in the preseason, they're they're gonna. It sounds like they're gonna give him a chance, right? Yeah. But they also just declined his fifth year option, so they're not they're not committed beyond 2022. They don't have to worry about protecting like a year and a half's worth of feelings or anything here. If they feel like second preseason game, he's just getting forklifted off the line of scrimmage. It's not that hard of a decision to move on to the veteran. And. We haven't discussed this, but here's the one thing about that p- position that we don't know, and he's not going to talk about it publicly. But again, assuming that Cousins is being empowered more, which he should be, um, we don't know what he has told the coaching staff about that spot. Because clearly, if you're if if Bradbury is going to lose that job potentially, like Kirk has to say, I really like Reed. Yeah. Um, we don't know that he definitely is not working with him. But that's another thing, like, like it's going to get lost because, you know, since he arrived in 2018, Kirk has never really been empowered before. These guys are going to go to Kirk and say, what do you think? So, like, if he's like, well, Garrett's a really smart dude, and I really like working with him, and Kirk, you know, and Kirk's also, I think, a nice guy, so I don't know that he's going to have the competitive fire to say, Garrett Bradbury can't block for him, no. right? He would praise so, both, but praise Chris Reed more and last. Right, yes. he would. You know, both guys, this. Both guys, this. I feel like, but I feel like Chris Reed, this, this. So who? Okay, give me the right side now on okay, the on so, the, the twos. So, so to answer Zippin and Zuman's question, I can answer that right now. Second team, and this is when they lined up today for drills. Second team right guard Ed Ingram. This is oh, very okay. interesting. This is the first time that I've seen him with one of those top two teams. It, it seemed to me that previously in the OTAs, I think I got into three of them to watch them. It seemed like in those that that Wyatt Davis and Ingram were lost in the shuffle. Now he's not. And then the right tackle to round out the line um, was Oli Udo, who's been moved back to tackle now. So, so he's, he is, he's right tackle now. So okay. Yeah, so his days as a guard are done, and they should be done. 
Uh, so, so, so MIA here is Wyatt, Wyatt Davis going into remains, year two is not even running with the twos. He was not running with the twos when they, when, when I charted that as they began some drills. Correct. Wow. Um, so, so really, and, no. and what are they probably going to keep eight or nine offensive linemen, just depending mm-hmm. on the number crunch. So you got the, the five starters right now. And, and Jesse Davis is let's, let's just pencil him in as the starting right guard for now. I think Chris Reed is going to start at center or guard, but for, the depth chart purposes. Those are, so that's fine. Unless you think Jesse Davis, could Jesse Davis get cut if he doesn't get the starting right guard job? It depends on how guys behind him do. Um, the the one swing, swing guy who who didn't take part in practice today because I think he was sick was uh, was uh, Schlotman. Um, Schlotman is a and great Schlotman's another guy man. who could be cut as well. But that's the type of thing where yes, there there could be a battle there between those swing guys, and I wouldn't be surprised if one of the two got cut. And that Jesse Davis, sense. he was actually graded by PFF as one of the worst tackles in the NFL last year on that horrible Miami Dolphins offensive line. But he does have extensive experience at tackle and guard. So, you know, do you value experience or do you just want good players? And he's probably straddling the line there. But so, if, but let's let's say it's uh, it's those five starters plus Chris Reed is six, Ed Ingram is seven. You're going to keep at least eight. So, it's probably between. Brandel and Ole Udo as a tackle, like a backup tackle. Swing tackle. And then the ninth spot goes to Hinton, Wyatt Davis, or Schlotman. Mm-hmm. So two or three of those guys I just mentioned are going to get cut. Right. So Wyatt Mike, Davis might get cut. Yes, he could be cut. Absolutely. My God. I don't think that entire um I think that entire draft class is going to get a fair shake now. I think that I think that draft class is going to have a few guys who get cut. Mm, that's fascinating. I know, I know, and I don't know. Like, there's a backstory there that I would love to know. Uh, but yeah, so basically, he he went from a guy that I think a lot of us, including people in the building, probably right, assumed might start at right guard as a rookie, to really I think being a major question mark if he even makes the roster. And I well, mean. He could be a practice squad guy, too. Like, if he gets cut, he's probably not getting picked up. That's a good point, because what has he shown? Unless it, unless there's another team that loved him in the draft and saw him as a first-round talent or something and is desperate for offensive line help. But, well, if, if Wyatt Davis does get cut, he'll have more time, Declan, to go watch racing up in Brainerd. Some free <laughs> oh, yes. time on his hands. Yeah, Brainerd International Raceway. It's coming up June 17th and 18th. Uh, it's going to be the experience of a lifetime. Cash prizes are on the line. The no prep kings are coming to the Brainerd Lakes area. And what this means is nothing's been done to this track. These roads are untested. They they haven't done anything to it. Kids, get in free, 12 and under. There's ca- camping and ticket information at BIRMN.com. Brainerd International Raceway. Go on and check them up. Go say hi to Wyatt Davis, potentially. Brainerd International Raceway, BIRMN.com. And before we get to Judd's fifth observation here, too, let's let's – Let's not make this an uncomfortable discussion, guys. I think sometimes, like, oh, I'm going to be ashamed. If you are suffering from ED, Valley Park Medical Clinic is dedicated to helping men in the greater Minneapolis area. The treatments are surgery-free, drug-free, and non-invasive. And the Valley Park Medical Clinic team is highly trained, which is better than not being highly trained when we're talking about this. Amen. They'll work with you in a discreet manner and will make you feel at home so you can ask any question in a professional and confidential environment. ValleyParkMedicalClinic.com. ValleyParkMedicalClinic.com. All right. Is this the last observation here? Yep. Yep. 
This is it. Savor it, folks. This is it. Well, Enjoy you'll have it. more tomorrow. You know, you're going to go back out there tomorrow, so we'll have more. But Well, yeah. But, I mean, this is the last one for uh, today. And now keep in mind, Kevin O'Connell didn't talk after practice today. He's going to tomorrow. So there are updates to come here. But I will tell you what I saw. So this is assuming nothing, okay? I saw a note. You all are assuming too much. Well, I'm giving you observations. I was out there. What? What? Um, what is, first of all, like, what's wrong with making assumptions? That's, I don't know. I don't know. But but I'm assuming nothing. That's half the nothing, fun of being a sports fan. But what if I'm also wrong? telling you what I saw. <laughs> I'm also telling you what I saw out there today. And what I saw out there t- today, and this might be concerning, it might not be. Um but for the first time, I think that we've been allowed to watch the Vikings practice in this spring. Irv Smith Jr. was doing a lot of work off to the side. So he's been incorporated in, into team drills more and things like that. And today it felt like, and look, again, he, he might just be trying to strengthen that, uh, that knee. I don't know. But it felt like today he was doing more work off to the side, which, of course, allowed for my guy to participate a bit more. That's right. One Johnny Munt. Because you got to maybe Johnny Munt has just completely blown Irv Smith away already. Johnny Munt's just like turned into a Russ Francis, Kellen Winslow Sr. Unbelievable. But anyway, um, yeah, so so Irv Smith, and look, I mean, he's coming off a, a knee procedure that brought his 2021 season to an end, so I wouldn't dismiss it. But anyway, Irv Smith was doing a little bit more work off to the side today. Uh, but yes, I will be back with more mini camp observations off of day two, which will be the final day. Because keep in mind, they're going to do a bonding thing on day three, so they're not going to be on the field. So only one, only one practice left before we get to training camp in late July. Yeah, amazing. I'm, I'm more interested in the bonding thing still. I want to know what are we doing? Are we, we going to bowl? Are we going to go to Top Golf? Are we going to? I heard Lake Minnetonka is a potential option. That no, sounds dangerous. But boating no, sounds like a horrible idea. No, you didn't really hear that. I I just saw it on the, people were throwing it out because we talked about it on the last oh, I, daily episode. My people guess said, is that's about... a jo- my guess is that's a joke off of the Alan Almas cruise. Uh, that's yeah, that it's, been, be. it's been it's been six, fifth, it's been seventeen yeah. years no. that you might yeah, as well no go back go, go back it. to the waters. These guys weren't even hardly alive when that well, happened. Well, you know what? Now they're young men in the prime of their lives, and I ain't putting them on a boat. On you, the lake. you can say a lot of things about the 2005 Vikings, but they were a tight-knit group after that experience. A very tight-knit group. <laughs> I got nothing. They got to, to know that. each other very, very I well you know what? during Thanks, the bye friends. week. Thanks, if friends. you know what I'm talking about. Bryant McKinney, Dante Culpepper, yeah. Mo um, Williams. <laughs> who, who was, was it Moeldy Moore who was asked about... Was he the one that said sex, sex? Yeah, I'm engaged. Yeah, that was Moeldy, but Mo <laughs> is Mo is the one who uh, testified in court. I brought my mom to strip clubs before. It's not that big a deal. It's, it's amazing. Oh man, Mo's poor mom. Um, did you guys see real quick th- this quote from Steve Belichick that came across today? I saw you retweet it. Yeah, it's hilarious. So he was on. I think it was. Uh, he was on a podcast. Chris Long. He was on Chris Long's podcast, former NFL player. And I haven't heard the clip, but the quote is, we have a saying around here, and I, I should do the I should do the Steve Belichick voice, but uh, we have a we have a saying around, have a saying here, around here. Once you get to the playoffs, only one plane lands and everybody else crashes and burns in the ocean. Football. It's very dour. I love Steve it. Steve Belichick. That's true though. 
It's true, man. Only one plane gets to land. It's like Top Gun. Burns in the ocean? It's like Goose. Easy. The rest of the teams are Goose. Talk to me, Chargers. Talk to me. Talk to me, Patriots. Talk to me, Bucks. Amazing. Um, Talk to me, Surly. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I told you before, two weeks from today is the summer solstice. That's right. Summer is going to be here. And you know what? We are declaring this on on PD and Score North. We are declaring this the summer of Surly. Rolls off the tongue perfectly. For me, for instance, it is a furious. For you, it might be something different. It might be a summer beer. But that's what makes Surly Brewing so good is they have so many fantastic options. So I encourage you, starting today, heck, jump the gun. It's fine. Begin to celebrate the summer of Surly in the proper way. And then, once you're doing that, of course, show us your cans on Twitter. Awesome. Those are Judd's mandatory minicamp observations. Uh, You'll have more. So we'll do a write that down session tomorrow on Purple Daily and Mm -hmm. a write that down plus accountability session. And then I think Thursday's show will be the final camp observations until the real camp Mm -hmm. in about, what, six or seven weeks from now. So. Yeah, late July at some point. We are yet to see a date, though. I'm very curious what the date is going to be. I think the league's going to try and start all the training camps again like they did last year on the same day, which is probably be the last Saturday in July. I love it. Today on ESPN, they were breaking into their little morning shows with live coverage of Tom Brady out at Bucks Mandatory Minicamp. saw that. Right? This may yeah. be the last time we see Tom Brady at a minicamp in June. Savor it. Before he goes to Fox <laughs> and makes $8 billion. Yeah, exactly. Football. All right, guys. See you guys tomorrow. Purple Daily. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die.